<laughs> Some night, huh? On this very night, ten years ago, along the same stretch of road, in a dense fog, just like this, I saw the worst accident I ever seen. There was this sound, like a garbage truck, dropped off the Empire State Building. Finally pulled the driver's body from the twisted, burning wreck. It looked like this. <laughs> yes, sir. That was the worst accident I ever seen. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. To from Beyond the Crypt, a creepypastas, cryptids, and other urban legends podcast. I'm Kyle. And I am Tedringo. There you are, back with every name, any name, any combination of, of Teddy you can think of. <laughs> Listen, man, if Johnny Depp can play Ringo, then, you know, Teddy can become Tedringo, you know what I'm saying? It's very true, very true. And... Teddy, it is, it's been a few weeks since we've uh, hopped on here, and uh, it's it's great to, to to be back. Yeah, I mean, it feels good to be back. Uh, for anybody who's kind of wondering where the fuck we were, um, I've been sick for quite a minute now. I had some uh, like really bad like sinus pressure that I was having. Plus, on top of that, I lost like the ability to talk for like a full fucking week. Um. And, like, coughing felt like I was, like, gargling glass. So I was like, I'm not in any kind of condition to record. Um, then when I started feeling better from that, like, I got depressed. So I had to take time for that as well. But I am feeling somewhat better. I am making it day by day. But we are back. And we are ready to share some spooky shit with y'all. Yeah, always... Always got to take care of yourself first. That's, that's priority number number one priority right there. But I'm glad you're back and we get to talk to read some spooky stories again to each other. Because you know th- this month is December, and we've decided to make it a creepy Christmas theme by just doing creepy pastas all month. For yes, December. sir. So we will be doing what three weeks worth. Of um, yes. creepypastas. So uh, for all you cryptid lovers out here, uh, the next couple of weeks um, are not going to be cryptid based. Um, unless there is, you know, in, in those creepypastas that we are reading <laughs> a cryptid of its own sort. Um, it's always nice when they kind of blend together like that. But we, we just figured, why not? You know, it's it's the time that everybody gets together. And, you know, they always got the story of, like, you know, uh, the, you know, uh, the night before Christmas and, like, all through the house. You know, they've always got, like, those stories that, like, they always share around the campfire and stuff like that. Or, like, uh, a fireplace. So we figured we would do that same thing, but with creepypastas. Yeah, I, I'm 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 excited for this month. I, I definitely love uh, uh, I love our cryptid episodes, but uh, I I really love the creepy pasta ones a little bit more. It's just fun just to get on here and just read a spooky story. Yeah, I probably one. I'll be very honest. It's probably the only time I actually like read read stuff. You know, because like I used yeah. to read a shit ton of books, but now like you'd be lucky if I read like a manga now. <laughs> Because, like, my attention just, like, all over the place. I can't focus on it. But for the podcast, I do my very best to uh, share that with you guys. So it's nice to know that I still technically can read. Like, I still have the ability uh, without it being in, like, you know, short bursts or, like, uh, Twitter, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, before we start reading... Uh... Uh, we'll say I recently, uh, uh, you did too, Teddy, 
We both recently saw the uh, Resident Evil uh, Welcome to Raccoon City yes. movie. And for those of you listening who maybe had like, you know, maybe saw it in the trailer or have just been hurt hearing bad things and, and it didn't look that great, I would, I got to tell you, go go to the theaters and see it. I will say on that note, have tempered expectations. It is not without any kind of spoilers, because I know a lot of people are against them. It is not going to be the most perfect movie ever. It is no arcane in terms of video game to like any kind of adaptation. Um, It's definitely not better than Sonic or Detective Pikachu. But if you go in with it being its own thing, similar to the Mila Jovovich movies, it's not bad. And honestly, hot take, they are way fucking... This movie was way better than the Mila Jovovich movies. At least, like, the characters that were supposed to be main players were actual main players and not sidelined by the director's wife. Um... So yeah, just keep tempered expectations. It's not a perfect movie, but it does have a lot of good fan service in it. And if you are a fan of Resident Evil, please don't be hypercritical about it. It is a mashup of a story, and it's like like a movie that's like two hours long. Obviously, they're going to cut out and like rearrange stuff to make it work within that time frame. That's all I'll say. Yeah, Teddy pretty much summed it up, but... For sure, go go see it. It's 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 worth watching at least. It's got really good horror elements in it. That was something that the it Mila does. Jovovich movies never had. Like those movies were like action based. They they were a sign of like what I consider at the time Capcom's like views about Resident Evil. Yeah, you know, uh, like Resident it, Evil Five, Resident Evil Six, and Resident Evil or Four, Five, and Six are, in my opinion, are entirely all action games, and that's why those movies felt more actiony than they did horror esque. Uh, these movies have way more of a horror element in it, and some of those are jump scares. So, uh, forewarning about that. Yeah, I turned to my friend I saw it with and was like. I'm really enjoying that they got rid of a lot of the action aspect and brought the horror back into it. Like this is really making me happy. No punching of boulders or references of punching of boulders, unfortunately, but we do yeah. get the Jill sandwich line. Jill sandwich. We did get a Jill sandwich. I was uh, a little disappointed that Chris's bloodline wasn't in there, but you know, we can't get it all, but uh, I digress. Uh, you know, uh, like I said, go see the film, and uh, we're here to talk about. We're here to read creepy stories to each other, and yes, uh, Teddy is going to take the first one. Yes. So uh, before we do start, however, uh, trigger warnings. Uh, both my story and Kyle's story involves children. Um, specifically in my story, there is child abduction. So just a forewarning about that. Um, yes. Trigger I don't write the list. stories. I just read them to you guys. And then, you know, you can go down, vote the shit out of it on creepypasta.com if you want. <laughs> yeah, both of ours are going to be on creepypasta.com. And and just to add to what Teddy said, uh, like you know, we'll give you a trigger warning. But we also both haven't read these stories beforehand because we like to read them live to each other to get a bit of a better reaction. We're doing so, the YouTube reactions, but for like podcasts. Yeah. So, you know, if we you can't, you can't we, see our reaction, but just know that it's there. Yeah. So if we read something that we that maybe we didn't cover the trigger warning, we apologize. And, you know, we'll we are only get, human. We'll try and do better next time, but we are not a YouTube yes. algorithm, you know, <laughs> that just like auto flags stuff like that. So yeah, temper yeah, your expectations with us as well. Don't, don't cancel us. Cause we don't excellent, you know, know that there may be something sensitive in it. Yeah. So, you know, trigger warning for child abuse, child abductions, et cetera, for these, for these two, these next two stories. But so uh, without further ado, uh, Teddy's going to start and, like I said, uh, grab 
you, you know the drill. Grab a blanket, uh, grab some marshmallows, come sit down by the fire as we tell you the tale of an unexpected Magi? Magi. 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 My bad. <laughs> Magi. <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, also make sure to grab your joints and please don't go outside in the cold. Uh, please come inside and sit around the nice warm campfire that we have yeah, made in, yeah, in, in, the, like in we, the fireplace. Yeah, I feel like we, it's December when we got to cut the uh, campfire out now. Now it's come by the, the fireplace. <laughs> come sit by the fireplace. <laughs> I'm over here wanting everybody to, you know. You're gonna, you want them out here to die <laughs> like Jack Torrance in the fucking, in the shining Stanley Kubrick's version. Or, or uh, Roman Polanski's version, whether he's just like sitting in the snow and he's like frozen. That's going to be everybody listening to our podcast. And then we're going to be like, huh, this episode did really poorly. Nobody listened to it. But everybody who did is just like dead and they didn't get to finish the episode. Oh, God. All right. So this is an unexpected Magi, like um, Mr. Prescott said. Uh, this is written by Sean Tivinen. Uh, Sorry if I do uh, butcher your name there. Um, Donde esta Santa Claus was blaring on the radio as Gary crossed over state lines into somewhere. He lost track of where he was hours ago. Somewhere Midwesty. He was driving back east for Christmas. Too cheap to fly, he thought he'd take the opportunity to get to see America. You know, the real America. Turns out, most of real America was lot was lots of nothing next to a lot of scenic nothing. No cars on the highway except him. It was late. The dashboard display said it was 2.17 a.m. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. Taking his eyes off the endless stretch of the highway, he glanced up at the night sky. For the briefest of moments, he swore the moon looked green. Squinting. He could see it plainly was not. Just a big old circle in the sky made of cheese, like they always said. It's amazing what you think after seeing... Excuse me. It's amazing what you think you see after 17 hours on the road. He smeared his open palm down his face, trying to get the sleep out of his eyes by force. The husks of five-hour energy containers littered the passenger seat. He instinctively reached... For another pick-me-up, but swore as he remembered he'd sucked dry the last one about 80 miles back. He needed to find somewhere to crash for a few hours. He defined—he definitely needed to gas up, maybe grab some food. The sign he flew by offering everything he was looking for, plus the biggest vacuum in the continental U.S., was just too good of an offer to pass up. First of all, if a make or break is uh, at a fucking stop for you to sleep is the fucking biggest vacuum in the continental U.S., maybe just pull over on the side of the road and go to sleep. You can pass by that same place when it's light out and safer. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, fuck yeah, it's two in the morning. Let's go see the world's biggest vacuum cleaner. <laughs> oh my god, it reminds me of that one episode of those little Mickey shorts where Goofy's like wanting to go to potato land and i just i can't get that image out of my head now oh god all right sorry um pulling into town he coasted over to the gas station the prices were ridiculous but gary didn't exactly have a wealth of options they must have gotten greedy from all the tourism that the vacuum brought in highly doubtful highly doubtful gary <laughs> he had passed the celebrated home appliance as he made his way into town, green and red light shining on its little placard, couldn't have been taller than six feet, the eighth wonder of the world. As he stood outside his Honda in the bitter cold, Gary saw the neon glow of a promising donuts, burritos, and hot dogs. His stomach rumbled, but between sleep and hunger, it looked like hunger was going to come out on top. He looked around as he rubbed his hands together for warmth, Amidst the shuttered shops and gray buildings that made up the small town, he could see a diner across the street. Whatever they got had to be better than, he assumed, day-old hot dogs. The pump stopped with a loud gulp. 
he placed it back into its gas-soaked cradle, inserted his card, tossed the receipt, and drove the hundred yards over to the diner. He saw a cop parked out front. A middle-aged policeman appeared to be dozing inside, half-finished Twix bar in his hand. Oh, that's just disrespectful, man. How are they going to not tell us if it was the left or the right Twix? Now how can I pick a side, Kyle? I'm freaking out, man. Wait. Hold on, Teddy. This is going to determine the future of our podcast. Are you left Twix or right Twix? I'm a left Twix. I'm left-handed. Okay, okay, okay. I'll I'll give you... Okay, I'll I'll let you slide that one. I I prefer to go to the right uh, Twix. The betrayal. (laughs) The betrayal. (laughs) It's okay, we're two opposites. You're straight edge and I'm a stoner, so it kind of fits. That's just our it dynamic. Works. It works with we're, us. We are literally the polar opposites that like <laughs> somehow manage to like bind to each other like glue. Yep, yep exactly. That's how all my friends, how a lot of my friends seem to be. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Fucking from beyond it's the crypt. From from beyond the crypt, civil war. You yeah. left a right Twix. Left Twix and right Twix. <laughs> Get Twix in on it too. Oh, oh yeah. my god! So not only did this motherfucker half finish it, this motherfucker also he at least broke the mold of being a stereotypical cop, because uh the the the, the Gary goes on to say that the gas the gas station uh, donut. Guess the donuts at the gas station, sorry, weren't up to snuff. Gary thought as he slammed the car door shut and pushed open the sleek metallic entrance to the diner. The bell above the door jingled brightly, alerting the diner patrons of the new arrival. Five or six other people were scattered throughout, munching on curly flies or slurping on shakes. Not exactly a happening spot. Gary walked over to the counter and took a seat on one of the round, bright red stools. In moments, he was greeted by a stocky man in a paper chef's hat. It was green. Weren't they always white? Gary stared at the hat for a few seconds before the man spoke. What can I get you, pal? He tossed Gary a menu and started wiping his hands on his already filthy apron. Gary didn't bother looking at the menu. Double bacon cheeseburger, mid-rare, curly fries two waffles and a coke in the largest glass you got first of all bro i don't care how hungry you get you're gonna get fucking sick from this homeboy had a double bacon cheeseburger that was medium rare he had curly fries and two waffles on top of a large coke jesus i could have done without the two waffles listen man i'm (laughs) fat but i won't even touch this like I would this would cause me to fucking vomit. <laughs> it's just the two waffles cuz it also brings syrup with them, you know? Unless he's gonna, you know, substitute the buns for like the waffle. Then even then, like the syrup yeah. is just too much, you know? There's a lot of a lot of bread in there. You've got the the bread from the burger, you've got the curly fries which, you know, were potatoes or which are very filling. Then yeah. you've got the the waffles. And the Coke's got like all that syrup in it. So it's like, oh, it's a lot in the stomach. He didn't look at the menu and he ordered that. I would have laughed <laughs> so hard if they would have said They're like, sir, we don't serve that here. Yeah. Sir, he walks in Subway. Come. Could you let let let's let's imagine if that applied to like movie things? Could you imagine fucking James Bond walking into a bar? He's like martini shaken, not stirred, and they're like, Sir, we only sell wine here <laughs> sir this is a wendy's <laughs> sir you can't get you can't get a martini at mcdonald's this is in japan we don't serve alcohol here <laughs> sir waff, waff, subways don't 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 do two waffles i mean burgers. if you go if you go to if you go to waffle house you might get some subway yeah you might order like some food and they'll just probably like pull out, a subway, out subway, subway and just yeah. like Remove the wrapper, yeah, throw the wrapper like, away, put it on the plate, and make you think they made it. All right here you go. I'm I'm glad I went. I went there for lunch. <laughs> he 
He's like, oh, let me see what we got in the back here. Uh, we got half an Italian BMT. Is that good for you? Um, sir, I asked for eggs. Best I can do is a half-eaten Italian BMT. Take it or leave it. <laughs> now, if you, you'll excuse me, I have to go smoke about two packs outside. <laughs> I'm going to go back over here and eat some gabagoo. That's just how I I pictured this guy. Like he he's got his ass crack out too. Like he's like one turn around in his squat from seeing like his plumber's crack, or in his case, uh, dirty chef's crack. <laughs> All right, let me get back to the story. The chef nodded in approval. So apparently they did have it. Kyle plot twist. This man predicts the future. He already knows their menu. He says wow. you got it, chief. About fifteen minutes. After a few seconds, the chef plopped a football-sized glass in front of Gary, completely shielding himself from view. It was large and plastic. The container itself seemed to shimmy and undulate with the uh, absurd amount of soda and ice cubes floating around inside of it. Gary shifted the glass slightly so he could see the chef and thanked him. No problem, bud. The chef casually dropped a straw in front of Gary. Gary ripped off the paper sleeve of the straw and dropped it in the glass. <gasps> the plot twist. It was a paper straw. Gary knew that he could not drink all of his soda before that paper straw dissolved. He was left in terror. I'm just kidding. Uh, he, <laughs> he put it in his cup. It disappeared instantly, vanishing under all those dark bubbles. Leaning over the side of the counter... Gary grabbed a few more straws. He fished out the drowned straw, fashioning them into one elephant trunk of a device. Damn, dude, this guy's like, fuck it, one straw ain't gonna cover it. I'm gonna MacGyver it. Gary out here being a fucking goddamn social in- or a fucking uh, mechanical engineer with his straws. He's like, yeah. I'll fix this problem. Uh, he didn't realize how thirsty he was until that ice-cold, fizzy lifeblood was flooding in the system. Um, also, I'm going to just take a sidebar here. Um, kids, if you're listening to this, don't do what this guy does. You're going to end up with diabetes. Don't drink so much soda. <laughs> he was so distracted in caffeine-fueled ecstasy that he didn't notice the presence behind him. Ooh. You want to see the Christ child, the voice said. Oh my God. He said, you ready to meet Jesus? Damn, this house going quick. <laughs> what? That Who? Escalated. Gary sputtered, almost falling off his dinner stool. I would be too. Somebody crept up behind me and said, you ready to meet Jesus? The Christ child. Want to see him? The man dressed in an army surplus jacket. Oh my God. This Vietnam vet out here, man. It was riddled with stains that drew attention away from his greasy hair that hung about his face in stark patches. Regaining his composure and his seat, Gary responded to the man, Look, buddy, I'm not an, in a, I'm not an idiot. He was born on Christmas, not before. If you want to run a scam, at least get the facts right. And if you're looking for a handout, I don't have any cash. I got waffles coming real soon. You want some? They're yours. Just leave me alone. Motherfucker said, I will feed you, bro, but fucking come on. Go the fuck away. At least he offered him the waffles. He could have been like, I got waffles coming. And if you ain't gone in a couple seconds when they get here, I'm going to beat your ass. But he dead ass said, hey, man, if you're hungry, man, I'll give you my waffles. I may not need them. But uh, just after that, just go away, please. <laughs> the dirty man stared at Gary. No reaction in his eyes. The other patrons of the diner looked like they were doing their best to ignore the entire scene. The grill chef stared at a glance with Gary and rolled his eyes, but the dirty man stood like a statue, staring at Gary unblinking. It was impossible for Gary to ignore the dirty man's presence. Finally, he swiveled his diner stool slightly in the man's direction. All right, I'll bite. What is it? He tried un- tried to unload some Christmas cards before the season's over. You got a dog in a box out there with a halo stapled to its head. What's the angle? Through filthy teeth, the dirty man smiled. No angle. 
you come out, I show you the Christ child, and if you don't believe 100% that's what he is, I say he is, I'll pay for your dinner. Gary considered the prospect of a free, free and clear dinner. It would cap off his stay in Nowheresville and give him a great story for Christmas dinner. Bro. <laughs> this filthy ass man got Gary hooked with a promise of a free meal and I fucking feel Gary 100%. I'm like, shit, okay. We about to meet Jesus. Guess this is my last meal, but fuck it, at least it was free. Lead on, champ, Gary turned to the cook as he got up off the stool. I'll take a check when I get back. This gentleman has generously agreed to take care. Not yet, the dirty man cut in with his unblinkingly stare. Okie dokie then, let's go. The dirty man led him out the doors to the diner into a crisp gray winter night. They walked two blocks down the street, passing the empty and shuttered shop windows. It's right down here, the dirty man pointed in the direction of an alleyway. Gary stopped and peered down the fear filthy empty passage. Shadows dancing in the trash, discarded pizza boxes. He had a few inches, at least 50 pounds on this guy if he tried to pull anything. He could have a gun or knife, but he didn't think so. Didn't look like the twitchy type, but he didn't want to be stupid. Go right ahead, bud. This is a follow the leader situation. The dirty man's smile never left his face. Sure, man. In the dim illumination of the corner streetlight, they navigated the alley. The dirty man led him to a small box at the far side, almost touching the brick dead end. He pointed in there. Open up and you'll see it. Gary maneuvered around the box, so he had his back to the wall and was facing the dirty old man. He looked down at the small, slightly damp-looking cardboard and smiled. Free dinner and back to the road. He opened the flaps and looked inside. He stared silently. After a minute or two, he reached in and pulled out something. It was a small shape wrapped in a bundle of torn clothes. Pulling back the cloth covering, it revealed a child. A child with the most striking and beautiful green eyes he had ever seen. As he held the child, Gary felt like he was plunged into a, <coughs> excuse me, into an ocean of calm. Every fear, every worry he had ever fled, or excuse me, every worry he ever had, fled like shadows in the sunlight. With tears welling up in his eyes, he turned to the man to extend an invitation to meet his savior. You know, I never really believed. It just didn't make sense to me but this he looked down at the smiling child this makes sense an energized look crossed gary's face who else can we tell everybody has to know about this everybody he was cut off by the large set of jaws that clamped down and tore out his throat in his pain and panic he dropped the child its tiny mouth stained with crimson faster than he thought possible arms reached out to catch the baby arms belonging to the dirty man Sliding down the brick wall of the alley, Gary ripped off his sleeve and stuffed it against the spurting open wound on its neck in a desperate attempt to staunch the bleeding. That's uh. not the Christ child, he choked out, struggling to stay conscious. The dirty man stroked the light tufts of hair on the baby's head as he spoke. Oh, it's the Christ child, all right, he motioned to the opening of the alleyway. The dinner's patrons, the grill chef, and even the sleeping cop had passed parking in his patrol car they were all gathered there crowding out the light all staring with their brilliant green eyes it's not your christ child it's ours the dirty man smiled his dead eye smile and every christ child needs gifts thank you for bringing the first the last thing that gary ever saw was the dirty man lowering that thing wrapped in swaddled clothes down his level it gurgled as its tiny face split apart to make way for endless rows of tiny red stained teeth. Holy shit. <gasps> I did not see that coming. Cult of the boss, baby. <laughs> I did not see that coming. Like whenever it just suddenly just took a bite of his throat, I was like, uh, he's like, oh, this what? is the beautiful, most beautiful thing in the world, and he's like, ah, gotcha, bitch. 
Yep. That was uh, quite a shocking turn. Yeah, I like the little plot twist at the end there, and I like how it's like it, it's like its face split apart, and that just reminds me of Pennywise from It, you know? Yeah. When he goes to do the deadlights and his mouth opens up. Good. That's kind of swag. I like that. That was, that was decent. That plot, t- that plot, that little twist of the of that, like when the guy gets bit, uh, they were, it just reminded me of the scene in Deep Blue Sea where Samuel L. Jackson's character is given that that really fucking great, speech that and really then the great fucking monologue, sh- and then he just gets fucking <laughs> eaten right there by the shark out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, that's what that reminded me of. That's fucking great. Oh my god, that, that was good. Yeah, I liked it. It was solid. Yeah, and, and like I think that one comment summed it up perfectly that it's difficult to write something this short that feels finished and complete, but you are talented. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is essentially a solid short like horror story. I like yeah. this. It's great, too, because it's like... This looks like it could be like way, an, like a, a concept origin story for what eventually evolved into Pennywise, you know? Yeah, like the way it, it was written... Uh, if the Arthur wanted to continue it into a series, they could. Or I don't know. It like, could just be a complete. Like I said, I, I I like this as like what it is a like a short like complete story. I feel like if you try to like flex it out more, like I feel like it would like lose what a uh it it does have going for it. It wraps itself up nicely, you know. Yeah. Like this feels like uh like. I know I said like the the precursor to like uh, or prototype to the like it script, but this feels like in itself you could make this into like a a thirty minute Tales from the Crypt episode. Yeah, I can see that because like it starts out with music playing, which how most like Tales from the Crypt episodes start. It like you know has Gary like driving across. It sets like scenery. Like all of this and this is like really good. This is like this reads to me like a television episode, which I like because it's got good dialogue in it. Like you know, the plot twist at the end is great, and it wraps itself up very nicely, like a like an episode would by the end. I like this. I I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, same here. Yeah, it was enjoyable. Whoever voted seven point six seven out of ten and not like fucking like nine point five out of ten, you're nuts on that one. <laughs> this this easily was like uh, a top a, a top like story we've read so far. This and um, Cheesy's World, uh, Cheesy's World, I love that stuff. Holds a special place in my heart. I know that was like our first like main series, but absolutely. Um, I'm going to rate this right now. Uh, this is, this is five out of five haunted penne for me. Okay. Uh, I don't believe in giving four or 4.9, you know, gotcha. like I, I like, I like hold numbers. Uh, yeah, I'll go with five as well. This was pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. All right. Well, Oof. Teddy, that was enjoyable. Uh, now, I'm going to take over. And please we... do. My honestly, my throat hurts after reading that. <laughs> Between like coughing from like smoking weed and like you know my my sickness, uh, it's been it's been rough trying to get back to talking for a hot minute. Yeah, I got you. So yeah, uh, so everybody, that was Teddy's story. Uh, thank you once again, Teddy, for that. So now, story number two, last one for this episode. Uh, I am doing Santa's Magic, and like I said before, these are all on creepypasta.com. Uh, the story is called Santa's Magic, and once again, trigger warning beforehand, there is child abuse and... Uh, other child stuff uh i think just abuse in this one uh so you know if you can't handle that skip it we understand here we go the night of christmas eve 2008 
it's a blur depending on how much medication I'm given that day. Oof. I can started avoid off this person drugged as fuck. Yep, already started. That's a whole ass mood. I can avoid the nurses for a couple of hours, but not too long. I suppose you've heard about me in the papers or on your favorite serial killer show. No, I was never convicted. What the media claimed was all lies anyway. No one knew what happened that night except me, which is why the police blame me. My name is Max, and my name is all I carry now. You've probably heard of ghost towns around the U.S. My town is one of them. Located in the foggy mountains of Oregon, most people have never heard of the town Asher. It was the kind of town where people never left, and if they did, they always returned. Things and people always had a habit of coming back. Bad memories, sadness, pain, and grief always stuck around. Festering at night, right before one tried to go to bed, piling on itself, growing deeper in the dirt. There are forests, but not as many trees as you'd think we'd have. Green doesn't grow in this town. The dirt won't let it. No matter how much... No matter how much sage you burned, it couldn't cleanse this place. This town was haunted, but perhaps the people were first. I don't consider myself haunted, I just think I was born wrong. When I was brought into this world, my mother told me that I wasn't like the other babies. I had a solemn looking face and dark eyes. She also said that I refused to cry. I still can't cry. My eyes won't produce tears. The doctors say it's a disorder. Even when my grandmother died, I never cried. Or when my mother would scream at me, I never flinched. Or when my dog got hit by a car, nothing. Damn, bro, you cold-hearted. Your fucking dog dies and you don't fucking say shit? Exactly. I've had so many animals die in my life and I cried for every one of them. Yep. Heartless. I've, I've, uh, I've cried at just the thought of knowing that one day, you know, Gunner's probably not going to be here, and so that's that makes me sad. Just think about the future. Listen, Gunner is like me. Okay, we are immortal, ethereal beings, and we will survive. Okay, exactly. We will survive eternity. You'll pass away, but me and Gunner will still be kicking it together. <laughs> Just know when you're gone, I will take really good care of him. Good, you better. I didn't feel things like other kids or people. I don't feel at all. Okay, <laughs> a little edgy there, bro. <laughs> I'm not like other kids. I'm different. You can basically hear the swish of his hair when he said that. I feel like I've heard this in every uh, every early 2000s uh, emo song. <laughs> when I was six, I knew something was wrong when I accidentally cut half my finger off and I never screamed. How do you hell do you accidentally cut half your finger off? So there is a um, a condition that you can get. It's really terrifying where you don't feel pain at all. Like yeah, you have no pain I've heard receptors. About that. Yeah, and people like really gra- gra- uh, gravely injure themselves without even realizing it. It's kind of like Mika with her like legs in Chucky. Yeah, like she can't. She couldn't feel the fact that you know she was stabbed in her leg. Yeah. Th- th- uh, uh... Head, head disease is like really scary because I, I know some people would think, oh, cool, wouldn't be able to feel pain. That's awesome. But you also got to think about how many times have you felt pain, like not just like physical, not just like physical pain from the result of something, but the pain of when something's not right with your body. Yeah. Like, can you imagine, like, you wouldn't know, like, you'd literally have to go to the doctor like every other day just to, hey, is everything okay? Well, on top of that, like, you know, you could, like, say, um, pain essentially teaches us at a young age what not to do. So, like, if you don't have that pain receptor, you're not going to know, hey, it's not a good idea to stick a fork in a fucking socket. Um, Like, like logically, you're going to know not to, but, like, you're not going to have that, like, real learning that we all go through in which you hurt yourself and realize that that's what hurt you and then not go through that situation again. So a lot of them don't have that. Um, especially when it comes to things like fire, um, or like the stove. Um, I had a friend who, um, had that situation happen to them and they didn't realize that they had burned themselves with grease that had like popped off of their pan and like, it really messed up their leg really bad. 
Um, and they had to go to the hospital for it because they had like really bad grease burns from it. It was rough. It's very scary. Very, very, very scary. Indeed. Very scary. Uh, so yeah, uh, the Max cut their finger off uh, when they were six. And they never screamed. There's something within me that isn't in other people. I guess it was destiny for the events that took place. Some kind of faded magic. Whenever my mother got drunk, she would tell me that I was a stone boy and that all stone boys went to hell. She was bipolar when she wanted to be. When she loved me, she loved me. But when she despised the fact that she had a kid, she hated me. There was never an in-between. My father was too busy pretending nothing was wrong with his head in the clouds of denial. He always knew how to make himself feel better. All he had to do was look away or leave the house. Too bad I couldn't live in those clouds with him. Instead, I was always on my own, sitting in silence at the kitchen table, staring out the window in the backseat of our car, waiting for some better day to come. But better days never came. Oh shit, I love this emo song. Who is that? Uh, <laughs> was this Nikki FM? Is this Hawthorne Heights for Taking Back Sunday? I thought it was reading Creepypastas, not lyrics. <laughs> 2008 was a year of many things for me, as it was for me as well. I had started 8th grade and was finally one year from high school. My voice got significantly deeper and life seemed like it had possibilities until my parents separated. The separation made my home life worse. My mother drank more and my father never came home. The teacher blamed me for not paying attention, but what they didn't know was that I hadn't eaten in two days. The school bully would make fun of my ribs and call me names. We called him Dan the Giant. At almost six feet, at 13 years old, he was monstrous. The only people scarier than him was, was his father. His dad was taller than him and Viler. Even the teachers were scared. Dan had dys dyslexia too, but he wasn't that bright to begin with. Any kid that mentioned or corrected him got the beating. Any kid that existed, to be honest, got a beating. Dan stuck gum in my hair the Friday before winter break. The teacher... That cut. fucking kid said, these hands are rated E for everyone. Yeah. The teacher had to cut chunks of my brown curly strands to get it out. My father blamed me for saying I deserved it because I refused to stick up for myself. How the hell was I supposed to stick up to a six foot behemoth? They would all get theirs, I promise Go for myself. the nuts. Yeah. <laughs> they would all get theirs, I promised myself. One day they would get it, this whole town. Oh, shit. <laughs> I can see where this is going. <clears throat> the teacher had us all do an exercise. She called it Santa's Magic. We had to write a letter to Santa asking what we wanted the most. The other kids laughed. We all knew Santa Claus wasn't real for a moment. I believed because I had nothing else to believe in. I asked Santa for something very important. Something I've wanted for a long time. Something only Santa could give me. I was making a can of soup when my mother stumbled through the kitchen, knocking the bowl out of my hand. Pick it up, she yelled. Not wanting to get hit, I found some towels and soaked up the liquor, the, the liquid. My father looked down at me from the living room without saying a word. Instead, he took his coat and left. God, I hated my parents. They were pieces of cow crap and they knew it. The whole town knew who my mom was by the bars she would frequent and lose her clothes in. Dan Damn, dude, this, this literally... I know why you picked this, huh, Kyle? Why? Because you like emo music, and this re this reads like an emo I've song. I've never read this this one before. He Dan, was just like he's like I can feel the edginess I coming from it. it. I relate to it. Yeah. <laughs> he's like I've seen the script somewhere at Hot Topic. I, I I can just feel it. Yeah. Dan Dan the Giant once told the class that my mother was nothing but a no-good whore and my father was a loser mechanic. That was the day I punched Dan. Of course he punched back and harder. Neither of us got in trouble. The principal didn't want to get involved. That was the thing with the town of Asher. No one wanted conflict, and yet there was always conflict. No one wanted to get involved, yet everyone usually was. I put the soaked up towels in the basement and went to mop the floor. I was angry because that was the last can of soup. No one went food shopping anymore, and when something did pop up, usually someone took it and hid it. I scrambled through the, the cabinets for anything else I could find. There was nothing. I teared up, my stomach growling, and I drank a glass of water to appease the pain. My mother sat in the corner of the kitchen with her bottle, laughing. Where did your father go? She asked, stuttering over her words. I don't know, I responded. 
One day, I'm going to leave this earth and never come back. Then what are you all going to do? She laughed again. <laughs> You're just like your father. Small, weak, and pitiful. I didn't want you, but he made me keep you, she chided. I never wanted kids, but there were one. There you, you were one day. A mistake. Stop, I muttered under my breath. Or what? My mother replied, vicious as ever. My father came back through the door. He took one look at my mother and went upstairs to his room. The kids in the town say you're a whore, I screamed. My mother got up from the ground as quickly as she fell back over. What the hell did you just call me? My friends say you're nothing but a dirty whore. My mother reached into the drawer and grabbed a knife. You piece of shit, how dare you dare, how dare you call me that? How do you think I pay for this place? Your father, who hadn't had a job in months? You're a weak and useless father, weak and useless, and you know what? You're just like him. She screamed. My mother took another swing at the bottle and then, it sw and then at me. Just get out. Get out. Get out of my house. Get out. She screamed. Oof. I grabbed my backpack and ran out. Not looking back, I just ran, not knowing where I was going. I ran knowing that I couldn't go back. Tears flowed down my eyes and, and my chest felt like it was going to drop out of my ass. I must have pissed myself because my pants were wet. I ran through the streets, past the school, past the town, into the woods. The, su the sun had already gone down, and the night took over, creating an eerie path on the outskirts of town. I didn't care. I ran through the trees, going off the path, finally stopping when I had no air left in my lungs. My legs collapsed, and I sat against a tree. The wind blew against my face, and for the first time throughout that entire run, I realized I was utterly alone. Not just in these woods. I had no family. I had no friends. I had no one. I wanted to not exist anymore. For a moment, I wondered what it would have been like to die, to, to not be me, until something shuffled against the leaves. I got up and looked out into the darkness. I couldn't see anything. I tried to tell myself that it was nothing until I heard the shuffling again. It was organ, so perhaps it was a bear or an animal moving about. The shuffling was heavy, shuffling and steps being taken by something big and bigger than me. I tiptoed in the dark to try and find the path. I was mortified. With no flashlight or even the moon to help, I was blind. I heard the shuffling again, except closer. My heart was like an engine falling, failing. I couldn't breathe. I kept walking, knowing that whatever the hell was shuffling in that darkness knows I was there. It was when I felt a hand on my shoulder that I started to run. I didn't know if I was going the right way or if I was going deeper into the forest, but I ran. As much as I hated my parents, I would gladly go back to my crazy mother than be in these woods with something I couldn't see. Luckily, I was going the right way as I heard a car drive by. I made it back to the road, but I couldn't still feel whatever it was, but I could still feel whatever it was in that wood. Behind me, I waved at the car driving, screaming for help. I took a rock and threw it at the car. It smashed a window. The car stopped and reversed. Help me, I screamed. The car pulled over and a man wearing a red plaid shirt with a long, grimy beard got out of the car. Help, I yelled. What the fuck do you think you're doing, you little shit? He screamed, examining his car. There's something after me, I yelled. I don't give a fuck. Look what you did, you little shit. Dickhead of the fucking year award goes to this fucking cock knocker. I know. What? What an asshole. There's someone out there following me. You messed me. up my fucking Ferrari, bro. Yeah. Who gives a fuck if you're about to be murdered, but my Ferrari, bro. Yeah. I'm just going to think of this guy as Trent from Friday the 13th reboot, because I hate him. <laughs> yeah, this is entirely him. This is exactly the shit he did when everybody was yeah, like, he hey, Jason's did. coming or we're about to die. And he's like, fuck y'all. I'm getting he's the like, fuck up out of here. Uh, fuck y'all. Uh. Guys, this little t uh, end table has been in my family for years. You're going to fix it. <laughs> There's someone out there following me. Please, I pleaded. You better hope your parents can pay for this or I'll chop off your balls as payment, he screamed. Jesus fucking Christ. The grimy bearded man grabbed me by my neck and slammed me against the car. Or maybe I should do it now, he said. His breath smelled like beer and rotten cheese. He was missing a tooth on the left side of his mouth. I turned away, terrified. Before he could strike me, I fell to the ground. Something dragged the bearded, grimy man away from me. Kid, get the gun in my car, he yelled at me, blood coming from his nose. 
I went to his truck and found a revolver under the seat. I could hear something attacking the bearded man, the thing from the woods. I could hear the tearing of flesh and the breaking of his bones. I grabbed the man's phone that had dropped me on the ground and put it put it on flashlight mode. The man was dragged into the woods, screaming, leaving a blood stain on the road behind. I screamed and went into the car, locking the doors. I didn't know how to drive a car, but I figured it out. I put my foot on the brakes and out the gear and drive. Even though I put my foot on the gas, the car wouldn't move. Whatever creature took that man came back, this time for me. It was holding the car from from the back. I got out and started running back through the dark. I tried to call 911 on the dude's cell phone, but something knocked it out of my hand, smashing it to the ground. I stopped, feeling the creature circling me. I prepared myself to be torn apart like the grimy bearded man. Instead, I felt a stale breath on my neck. I turned around not seeing anything. I knew it would be any moment before it killed me. I closed my eyes and waited. My hand raised on its own. Whatever this creature was held my hand and grasped it, holding it. I shakingly lifted the light from the cell phone to its face. It was ugly with white pale and scaly skin. Its mouth was oversized with teeth that protruded from its bloodied mouth. A long, slippery tongue occasionally stuck out the way a snake's tongue fills the environment. It was tall and had black coal eyes that gave a merciless stare. What are you? I asked. The cold eyes looked into mine, but it gave no response. Th- th- thank you, I muttered. I felt an icy droplet on my nose. It started to snow. I didn't know what this thing was, but I decided that I would call it Creature. Creature cried into the night. Its shrieks echoed in the air. I was still scared, but something felt safe with it. It did save me from that man. Are you alone too, I asked. It shook its head. Whatever Creature was, it understood me. The Creature took one last look at me and ran into the woods, disappearing into the trees. I ran home and away from what would be a future crime scene. I was terrified, confused, but also curious. I opened my front door quietly, hoping that no one was awake and tiptoed to my bedroom. The next morning, the entire town was talking to bears, thieves, or wild animals that must have taken Burton John, a.k.a. the grimy bearded man. That was his name, only I knew what happened to Burton and he was definitely dead. I guessed Creature took the body and finished it off somewhere else. My mother left me alone the next day, perhaps out of guilt. My father never asked me how I was. I quickly get, uh, got dressed and went off to school. I didn't notice the dirt in my hair left over from last night. Dan the Giant made jokes to the class about how poor my family was, that we couldn't afford water, and that we were all dirty people. I ignored him, but, we just, but he just wouldn't stop. For an entire 30 minutes, he kept going and un- unable to control himself. The teacher sat at her computer drinking her coffee, living in her clouds of denial, and pretending nothing was wrong. Then the thought came to me. How interesting would it be to have the creature eat Dan? It was murder, I quickly realized, and I was not a murderer. Dan kept going for the rest of the class period. Something changed in me. I realized Dan didn't deserve mercy. He deserved to be eaten. He was a piece of shit, and he would eventually grow up to be a a shit adult. People like him never grew out of their shitness. Kids like Dan either became violent men that preyed in bars or violent cops that preyed on civilians. No one would miss them. Damn. This kid is merciless. Oh, well. Remembering the gum in my hair, and I knew that something had to be done had to be done he had to be punished we all got let out early for christmas eve i skipped the bus and walked back down to where creature was police and townies were all over the woods there was no way i'd be able to find them i went back home my mom was going through one of her cycles where she bought food cooked dinner and acted like she didn't just kick me out the other day this happy cycle only lasts a couple hours before someone says or does something that tips the scale and she's full-blown crazy again I took the opportunity to eat and go to my room. Not more than an hour later, after my father mentioned that the gas got turned off, did she tip. I started packing a bag for myself. I put on my shoes and left my front door. I wanted to get ahead of the storm and look for Creature. The second I opened it, my mother's hand slammed it shut. Where the hell do you think you're going? she asked. Why do you care? I snapped back. You're not going anywhere. I'm not going to sit in this house as you hit and yell at me. I'll just leave. My father walked by us, slinking up the stairs up to his room. Mom, I'm leaving. She grabbed me by my throat. Tell me what you're going to do again. I couldn't breathe. She took a shoe and hit my leg with it. It's your fault we can't pay the bills. All you do is take from us. You're lucky we don't put you out into the street. Ugh, and fuck these parents. I felt my lungs tearing inside from the pain. 
I was a minute from passing out when a loud crash through the window made my mother let go. I didn't have to look for my friend after all because there it was in my living room. It walked on the broken glass unhurt like Jesus on water. It ran to my mother and grabbed her and threw her across the room. My father came downstairs and upon seeing Creature ran for his gun. Creature was too fast. It slipped my father's ankles and he fell down the stairs. Creature put its foot on top of my father's stomach until it protruded, squishing and disemboweling him. My mother tried to run, but Creature threw a table at her, stopping her. Please, take him, take him, she pleaded, pointing at me, tears rolling down her eyes. Creature wrung her neck and with one final snap crushed it. Blood poured from her eyes and nose. I sat in silence looking at what it had done to my parents. The Damn, people- he, he really said, fucking, I'm out here to protect you from these uh, fucking pieces of shit. Yeah. Plot twist. Creature just fucking wrecked this. I feel like we gotta give him a name. Like, calling him Creature just feels so, like, dispassionate. He deserves a name for his, like, brave actions. He does. I'm gonna name him George. George. Okay. (laughs) Blood poured from her eyes. I sat in silence (laughs) looking at what it had done to my parents. The two people that raised me from when I was a baby. My parents who loved me, beat me, and told me I was scum and hated me for existing. I felt nothing for them as I looked upon their bloodied faces. I suppose it was at that moment that something else changed. I took Creature, a.k.a. George, hand, and we left my house. We found an old Santa's costume, and I dressed him. A red hat and a red and black suit. He just wanted to belong like me. Santa had finally come to the town of Asher. We stared at my neighbor's houses one by one, killing them all. Their screams like a symphony in the night. I watched as he pulled organs out, smashed people's heads, picked out teeth, and splattered blood on Christmas trees. Oh, how the red brightened the magical night. When we reached Dan's house, I knew I wanted to relish the moment where we saw who was behind who was behind his death. Creature slashed Dan's father's throat and with its sharp claws stabbed his mother. Dan screamed in horror as Creature inched closer to him. I smiled at Dan, who looked back with a face I'll never forget. To be honest, it was a look of defeat. Creature took Dan and limb by limb tore him apart. His agony was my cloud of de- was my cloud of de- denial, as his suffering, my alcohol, and I was drunk in it. When we were done, I watched Creature feed on some of the bodies, offering me chunks of eyeball, brain, and liver. I wondered where this beast had come from, but it didn't matter. He was my friend, and he answered my one Christmas wish, a wish only Santa could give. Before the night had ended, Creature took one last look at me, but I somehow knew he wasn't coming back. There was no ceremonious farewell. This beast went back into the darkness from where it came, and it didn't even feel sad. And I didn't even feel sad. My friend was gone, and I still felt nothing. You see, I just wanted to be alone. When the news hit hit that a town massacre had occurred, the world was in shock. The only survivor was a 14-year-old boy. I told the police no lies that night. I told them that Santa Claus had come to town. That's fucking nuts. That I like that. Nuts. <clears throat> also, that kid's a little psychopath, but I kind of understand like his fucking hatred of those people. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I was, I felt a little bad, but I was kind of rooting for the kid. I was like, yeah, you fucking kill those shitty people. <laughs> yeah, for real. God, they were fucking awful, dude. Yeah. Absolutely not. I will say though. Uh, and people in the comments uh, pointed out, and I didn't even think about it until I read that. My complaint, though, is the fact that he put that the, the Arthur put at the beginning that they couldn't like cry, but yet they cried multiple times throughout the story. I think I think it's more like a, a like different kind of cry, you know. Maybe, yeah. Because, like, Could some people it. can cry out of, like, frustration, but it not mean the same thing as, like, you couldn't cry to, like, mourn somebody, you know? Yeah. That's, that's, that's the way I at least look at it, is, like, he wants to cry because he's alone, you know? But he yeah. just can't. And, like, his something that, like, he views now as his, like, fucking savior, you know, is leaving and he can't express that sadness, but he cries out of frustration or anger yeah. that, you know. 
That's true. I could understand like the saying that like he can't cry in that moment because I have I've had moments like when my mother passed away, uh, not to be a little uh, dark about it. But when my mom passed away, I, I didn't cry. I honestly how I reacted was I smashed my own fucking glasses on the ground and I stomped on them because I was pissed. And that's how I just displayed it in that moment. I wanted to cry, but I couldn't. Um, so some people might like show their frustration in crying, but it not mean the same thing as like being able to cry uh, out of sadness or mourning. Yeah. So that's I it's. I think it's just like everybody handling it differently. I I I I think that's a nitpick at best, in my opinion. You know, like a like a small thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that one. Uh, I like the plot twist, but this kid is fucked up. Oh yeah, my god! Is this is what happened to Harry Potter if fucking he didn't manage to go to Hogwarts and just let his fucking his magic like fester into something evil, like uh, like in Fantastic Beasts, yeah, or whatever. Uh with uh that one kid who had that like manifest like dark manifestation following him around yeah like that 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 is what i feel like that, that this turned into this is like harry potter but this happened to harry potter i agree but Oof. yeah this is uh i thoroughly enjoyed it uh i mean i hate to be cliche but I'd probably, I'm probably also going to give it a five out of five. I thought it was decent. Um, but God, dude, this made me fucking hate their parents. It really did. Like there was a shit ton of shitty people. I'm going to say, deserved. I'm going to say a 4.5. 4.5. Okay. Uh, just because like the parents were so like unlikable. Yeah. You're supposed to feel some sort of sympathy, like, even to them, because, like, at the end of the day, even if you're a piece of shit, nobody technically deserves to die. Everybody has the right to life. Um, so you, you're supposed to have some compassion towards their, like, humanity and wanting to keep that from perishing. Um, yeah. But, like, I just, I couldn't. I couldn't. They were just absolutely pieces of shit from the get-go. Even the, the worst one, though, wasn't the mother. The fucking father. The father was the worst one. Because, like, he let her abuse him. And he never said shit. You know? Yeah. It's fucking nuts. That was a good story, though. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, both of them were just really great stories. Uh, overall fun start to the creepy Christmas uh, month uh, so uh, we hope you enjoyed these stories to everyone uh, yeah we picked out some good ones apparently for y'all I feel we did yeah look forward to next week uh, so uh, with that being said Teddy uh, let's do some housekeeping then close us out yeah, uh, sounds good. All right. So if you want to find um, me on Twitter, I'm going to start with me because I'm I'm number one. Uh, <laughs> you can find me at CuzCats1989 on Twitter. Um, you can find me on Twitch sometimes as CuzCats89. That is my name on there. And sometimes, I mean, I sometimes stream when I feel like it. Um, you can also find... Mr. Prescott. You can find me on Twitter at Kyle S. Prescott because I don't know why I decided to use my full name as my Twitter handle, but whatever. <laughs> you said your government name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you can find me on that. And then uh, you can, you find can us- also find our podcast. Sorry. I just wanted you to plug yeah. yours because at that moment I was absolutely drawing a blank on it. Yeah, uh, I'm so good at these. Um, you can find us both on our official podcast that is FBT, uh, FBCT podcast. That's from beyond. Wait, that's not right. Should be. <laughs> it's F-B-C- yeah, it's wrong. It's wrong in my bio. <laughs> 
Oh, this is how we learn. It is FBTC podcast. Let me go fix that on my profile right now. That's so funny. From Beyond Decrypt. I, it'd be great if I learned how to spell properly. Um, anything else uh, you like to add before we uh, finish? I mean, I we're pretty much up on all of our socials. Um, well, I think that's it. If you uh, if you if you're not tired of listening to my voice uh, and you want to hear me talk more, uh, if you like, if you're obviously if you're a horror fan, I have a horror podcast I do. Uh, weekly called the Trick or Treaters podcast with my buddy JR. You can find us on Twitter at Trick or Treat Pod, and we're on um, pretty much all major uh, podcast platforms. But yeah, uh, thank you guys for coming, and uh, we'll see you next week. And uh, stay high and stay spooky. Mm-hmm.